You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing this weekend? I'm good. Uh, it's a Sunday and I've started the day right. I have <laughs> eaten uh, for breakfast what can only be described as a pasta bake. So pasta let's see how bake. Monday goes, shall we? <laughs> what is a pasta bake? I haven't had that in like... Eight years because they don't really exist in Japan. I think it's, I think it's just um, like fazili or pafale uh, pasta, uh, chucked in a ovenproof dish with onions and just like a pasta sauce and you, and, and a bit of water, <laughs> and it hydrates the pasta. Uh, stick a lot of cheese on it, and you've got yourself a delicious meal. But it's not something I ever indulged in when I was at university. Turns out my partner um, was a fan and continues to be a fan, and she cooks amazing pasta bakes. And I know this is quite a simple meal, but I'm like, this is incredible. <laughs> Cherry tomatoes, wow. beautiful. Cooking tips Big with Pete Donaldson. Time to rebrand <laughs> the Abroad Japan well, I podcast. Well, I look like that Joshua Weisman guy. Is it Joshua Weisman or Weisman? Um, poor sod. He's, he's in his 20s, and he looks like me. <laughs> he's, oh, he's, he's chosen. He's chosen. <laughs> The, the path of least resistance, and he looks a bit like me, or rather I look a bit like him because he's way more famous. Poor lad, poor lad. But mm. uh, well done. I hope you enjoyed your pasta bake. I'm uh, trying it's to cut good, out... yeah. That's what I've achieved today. <laughs> <laughs> trying to cut out carbohydrates on this end. I, uh, oh, I It's time to get Chris, fit, Pete, Chris after a, a truly atrocious four months, the first four months this year, <laughs> just been a disaster. Right. I'm now the least healthy I've ever been in my life, and... I am not very happy about it. And I got a hate no. I got a hate comment this morning adding salt to the wound. It says, Hi Chris, mm. you make amazing videos with your voice, but why do you dress up like a pensioner? How dare you? How dare you <laughs> dress like a I pensioner? I mean look if it- if someone is going to add salt to the wounds, that's not going to be great for you, who already consumes too much salt. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's already enough salt but, uh, in my wound. <laughs> do you horrible. dress like a pensioner? Like I, I mean. I think everyone under lockdown and everyone who isn't kind of 
uh, isn't filming themselves on the internet. Uh, it's certainly my end. Like I have been dressing atrociously. My trousers are all uh, kind of um, the waistbands are all um, just velcro, not velcro. That's velcro. It's like <laughs> stripper trousers. Um, they're all just drawstrings, <laughs> and and I've massively gone to seed. But I mean, you, Chris, like you're um, you're on on camera all of the time. But I've not noticed you dressing necessarily like a grandparent. Maybe it's because we dress the same. Actually, no, you're quite a well-dressed yeah. young man. I always dress like I've just fallen out of a cupboard. I think <laughs> the problem is in Japan, when I buy clothes, they often don't fit because mm. I think in the UK I'm like medium size, but in Japan that means I'm like extra, extra large. And mm. my height and width don't really work to Japanese sizes, right? People in Japan. You're like a Roblox, aren't you? <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like a Roblox. <laughs> Yeah, no, like a Roblox. Is it Roblox? Roblox. You know, it's like a a little Minecraft Lego men. Oh, right, right. The kids seem to like, and everyone's really square. (laughs) Making a joke about my weight there. But uh, (laughs) like a Roblox. I, uh, yes, I I don't buy clothes while I'm in Japan. Often I'll fly back to the UK, buy some socks, Mm. and then, and then come back. But like, I've been able to buy clothes for over a year now, so gonna have to do something. To my add to my collection of clothes. My collection of clothes, my wardrobe, is just one black T-shirt times five. Um, so I, I don't dress like a pensioner. I don't dress very well, but I don't dress like a pensioner. That's that's going too far. <laughs> to know. What do you think, guys? What do you think? Let us know at Brawn Japan Podcast at gmail.com. How do I dress? I, I, I hear that um, on some days Chris can be spotted in uh, Sendai uh, walking around with like a walking frame with two um, <laughs> tennis balls on the front of it. <laughs> oh, man. I do like walking around Sendai at night, though, and uh, it's just a nice city for walking around. Like a British city mm. at night, I just don't feel comfortable walking around, especially if it's London, right. uh, certain areas of London. Well, Sendai, you can walk down any street, any time of day, 3 a.m., go for your afternoon, late night walk, and it's uh, it's perfectly mm. safe. And I think that's going to be one sure. of the things I miss about Japan if I ever move away from here. Because I don't feel there's that yeah. many countries in the world where you can just feel completely at ease and never have to think twice about looking over your shoulder uh, at late night, mm. even when going through pretty shady areas, of which there are some yeah. in, in Sendai. But I'm going to miss that. Mm. Yeah, oh, oh. Chris, that's, that's, a, that's adorable. Not that I'm going that's anywhere. Adorable. Not that I'm going anywhere anytime soon. We've got a story of the it's week. Been, it's getting uh, thrown out. <laughs> Story of the week from Keith. He says, hi, boys. Love the podcast. And thank you both for your contribution to our entertainment. Uh, I've wanted to write in before, but lack the motivation until I listened to your recent episode that mentioned eating raw chicken. I wanted to share a cautionary tale about my own nightmare experience with raw chicken on my last trip to Japan in 2017. Uh, Traveling with my wife and father-in-law, we had just arrived in Japan and decided on dinner at a small yakitori skewered meat restaurant near our hotel. Uh, this was our first meal of a 12-day trip, and we ordered a set course that included several items, including chicken. One of the skewers was only partially cooked, seared on the outside, but raw on the inside, albeit deliberately. Uh, we hesitated to try it, but boldly took the plunge. We were proud of ourselves for facing this culinary adventure. <laughs> Little did we know. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, we started feeling ill the next day, but chalked it up to jet lag. By that night, we felt genuine, genuinely terrible. Fever, chills, and bowels that never quite quit. Exactly what you want out of a vacation. We all learned a new phrase, uh, geri diska. Um, get all diska? We were sick for the remainder of the trip. Assuming it was just food poisoning, we thought we'd get over it quickly, but we never, we never ever did, and we should have gone to the hospital. It turns out that we'd been infected by... 
Campylobacter. Is that a name for a bacteria? Camp- Campylobacter. How do, how do you say it, Pete? I've not got I've not got the uh, story up, but Camp. Hang on, Camplo, I think it's Campylobacter. Campylobacter. Camp- Campylobacter. Campylobacter. Yeah, it's the campiest um, of bacteria. It's a bac- it, it sounds yeah, it sounds bacterial. <laughs> it sounds problematic. Apparently, it required a treatment of antibiotics to get over, which was prescribed by our doctors back home. Um, as it stands, it turned our ten-year return to Japan to Japan trip into a horrific experience. I'm planning to return to Japan in 2021 to wipe this memory from record. My advice to anyone visiting Japan is to avoid the temptation of trying the raw chicken unless you're ready and willing to visit the hospital the next day. Um, what we anticipated to be a fantastic trip turned out to be a weight loss journey from hell. Again, I don't recommend it. All the best guys, <laughs> Keith. And that ties in with the story from a few weeks ago where some people lost some weight, albeit under slightly right. better circumstances. But I mean, mm. this is interestingly. So three weeks ago, we talked about eating raw chicken in Japan and how it's quite common. You know, you can do it in certain places. I've done it probably mm. four times in the last nine years and I don't enjoy it and I don't recommend doing it. But I kind of said at the time that I'd never heard cases of people being sick. Um, that's why mm. they have raw chicken in Japan, that's salmonella free or whatever. Clearly, that's a lie because we've actually got three or four messages this week from <laughs> folks, including Keith. <laughs> who have been right. diagnosed with some stomach bug or something's gone horribly wrong. So I've changed my – originally I was like, oh, yeah, try it. It's fine. But now if you're listening to this and you're coming to Japan, don't eat the raw chicken. Just don't do oh, it. Don't ruin sur- Chris, the Surgeon General, says no. The <laughs> FDA has disapproves of eating raw chicken in Japan. Incredible. Um, I mean, I would say, Chris, just saying, Great way to lose weight, mate. Oh, no, great right. way to lose mate. Wait, wait. Um, and, <laughs> great way to um, lose mate. Great way to lose mate. Mate, mate. Uh, mate, wait. Because like, you're my mate and right. you lose your weight. Wait, mate, wait. Um, uh, and um, it, 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 a bit of advice from a uh, slightly older older traveller. If you think you've eaten something a bit a bit peaky, a bit, oh, that, that, I'm not sure I should have done that, get yourself a big um, can of cork and get that down you because cork is incredibly aggressive acidic wise uh, and it might <laughs> and it might help you kill uh, kill some of the bugs that's certainly what the um i think the spanish uh, recommend it um little uh, can of cork um really? whiz it around a little bit so the bubbles so the bubbles kind of disperse a little bit um and because of the acidic nature of the uh, of the coca-cola it helps kill some of the bugs so look if you ever eat anything a bit dodgy get yourself a can of cork afterwards Dr. Pete has spoken. Yeah. God forbid if yeah. you were Dr. Pete. Have a pasta bake and a Coca-Cola. That'll cure, that'll cure you on diabetes. I agree with all that. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, we've got a story this week about Prince Harry, the beloved uh, royal family member. He's uh, been talked about a lot this year, doing various things with Oprah Winfrey. Uh, apparently, Harry is now the laughing stock of Japan because of his new job title. Um, he recently right. landed a new job as Chief Impact Officer. I love that. Chief Impact Officer. A title <laughs> that means you're doing, you're doing effectively nothing. Uh, Chief Impact Officer for a Silicon Valley mental health services startup called Better Up. Like many job titles, the role of Chief Impact Officer can be shortened to an acronym. And in this case, it's been referred to as Chimpo in the US, which Ooh. sounds like a, a monkey at a zoo that you're going to visit soon for your birthday, Pete. <laughs> While a lot of people in Britain have mused over the odd-sounding acronym, here in Japan, the music has turned into stifled giggling, with local media out- outlets tittering at the news, because chimpo in Japanese is slang for penis. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, That's Pete Donaldson's no. humour right there. Is it- 
That is the Pete uh, Double Root, you like a cock jug just as much as me. <laughs> and if one of our proud, brave uh, princes is now a big winky, it's just amusing. It's good news. Good news it is. <laughs> I mean, I, there's not much to add to this article, really. I don't think Prince Harry's aware of this. I'm sure he doesn't care. But nevertheless, it is pretty funny. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Any, any it's thoughts? a job he probably wouldn't have requested. A job title he probably wouldn't have requested. It's a acronym uh, that probably doesn't exist in the real world. Um, so he's got nothing to be... He, he should be <laughs> proud of his penis. I like to think you're the chimpo of the Abroad in Japan podcast. I am. Team. The chief Definitely impact chief, officer. Chief impact officer. I mean, I'm chief editing officer, and I don't get that right half the time. So. Hey, <laughs> chief impact officer. Yeah, yeah. When you're desperate, I'm just, desperate I, for a role title. Actually, I've just noticed that uh, Chris, I've I've surreptitiously and, and 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 unbeknownst to me, kind of absorbed some of your style tips in your little uh, kind of filming room in your house with your kind of jaunty bookshelf behind you. Mm. I um, recently had to sort of um, rejuvenate at one corner of the Stakhanov office uh, with. Um, I thought I'll make like a little photography corner so oh. people can take pictures there. People can kind of like a little branded area that kind of kind of when we've got a guest in. Pop them down there, take a picture, lovely old job. And um, hilariously, they um, uh, one of the bookshelves I bought to accommodate some of the tat I had in my garage, <laughs> like little little like baby figurines, a yeah. typewriter, an old camera. So it, I, I basically made it look like an LED-covered um, streamer's bedroom, very much like what you're rocking at the moment. Um, <laughs> but I've just noticed that the bookcase that, you, uh, that you've got is very much... The, like the one I've sort of stolen oh. uh, from Amazon and, and used in the little Stakhano photography corner. So I, I cannot believe you were influencing me without even necessarily being an influencer. Fantastic. It's a sad day when you have to steal interior mm. design tips from abroad in Japan. <laughs> from Chris Broad, yeah. <laughs> the man who is often ridiculed for his style has been described as an old age pensioner. <laughs> Best avoided, yeah. Pete. But well done. I'm glad to... Uh, Right, staring at my bookshelf every time we do a podcast or you're watching a Braun Japan mm. video has finally paid off. <laughs> nice one. Another story this week. Aichi Man, a guy living in Nig- uh, what's it, Niigata? Nagakuta uh, yeah. City. Nagakuta City, City, which I've never heard of before. Ooh. Aichi Man who stole and replaced women's shoes set free because the victim was too disgusted Disgusted to press charges. Two weeks ago, a man in Nagakuta City in Aichi Prefecture was arrested for stealing a pair of pumps that belonged to a, a pair of pumps. Is that a name? Is that what? What's a pump? Pumps. A pump. It's like a. I, I think. Uh, are they trainers? I don't, yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's like. Um, uh, yeah, pumps. Yeah. Is like a lady's shoe. So this music. There's a music teacher who had a shoe stolen. Uh, and what made this theft even stranger? And this is kind of bizarre. Uh, was that when the guy took his shoes, he replaced them with a nearly identical new pair. So Ooh. it's kind of like the act of a stalker, but you're trying to cover your tracks, but not. The ensuing investigation... very much confuse the hell out of me. I'd be like, <laughs> I'm fairly certain these shoes weren't like Diodora. I thought they were Nike. <laughs> and I'm fairly certain they didn't smell quite as nice as this. Well, this guy's been going around doing it to 30 pairs of women's footwear. He's been going into the homes of people uh, and mm. taking their footwear and then just switching it with some new ones. He's also admitted to police that he's exchanged the shoes because he enjoyed the scent of the used shoes. Uh, that's how things stood of 10th of April. But upon further investigation, new details have come to light about the thieves' modus operandi. Uh, it turned out that the man would survey the shoe cubbies of his victim's workplace and take photos 
so that he could purchase a convincing pair of lookalikes. Then, after buying the shoes, he would break them in, break them in himself for a bit before making the switch, so hopefully the victim wouldn't notice. It would seem this new information proved too much for the initial victim to handle because the music teacher dropped the charges against him, saying that the details of the case were too disgusting for her. Um, she wasn't alone either. After the story broke, many other women came forward about how their shoes, feeling suddenly quite different all of a sudden, um, how they reported the police, but they weren't willing to pursue charges against the man. Um, and so on April 23rd, despite doing this, stealing 20 pairs of shoes <laughs> and replacing them, the police set the man free and he won't stand trial. The police are a bit disappointed that none of the women have uh, pressed the charges. Um, so it's unfortunate. Oh, I don't know. Again, another weird case. What's going on, Pete? Help me out because I don't know what to make sense. Men, men are going on, Chris. Men are going on. It's, it's one of those crimes that you never see women in the dock for. You never see women arrested for this kind of fucking perversion. Always men. Always weird men. You, you just never see. It's never an issue that the law courts have to deal with when it comes to women. It's just like. I mean, we have. We had- should just be. We castrated have, we have just, just get rid we do not need more kids we do not shoes. just 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 take off our balls we don't take off our balls do our penises we don't need them <laughs> become eunuchs it just doesn't we don't need it we don't need it anymore because it just seems to be the 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 the, the source of all evil i don't everyone share, has to deal with other people's nonsense i don't share your vision for being castrated you can take one for the team <laughs> if you want but it's true we do i mean these stories it's always a guy who's done something weird yeah and creepy what a weirdo. What a dickhead. Well, on the one hand, ridiculous. Like, Free shoes. So elaborate. Free shoes, <laughs> Free so shoes. elaborate, isn't it? So ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's, it, but it is that kind of thing they probably were pressed because they felt uh, kind of surveilled, I suppose. Mm. You're probably like, oh, I just don't want any part of this. And, and, and a lot of crimes of this nature, or crimes of many natures, like, people get away with it for, due to either lack of evidence so or just people sort of going, I, I don't want to be a part of this fucking circus, this fucking nonsense. This is nothing to do with me. And it shouldn't be anything to do with them. You shouldn't need a woman to, to sort of, you know, to, to get into a court to, to, to put a man like that down. Yeah, and, I know. You know. I mean, I, I heard uh, a story of a... There's a lot of... There was, I heard a story of a, someone in Tokyo who experienced sexual assault and then the, when she reported it to the police, she had to go to the exact spot where it happened and reenact it in front of four police officers. Good. Things Fucking like that. It's, it's, it's not very good. Yeah. And I think, no. you know, if this happens, I mean, if this happened to you, you probably wouldn't want to press charges because, A, you wouldn't want to hear or see or deal with this man ever again. And, B, mm. you might it might become public knowledge that it was your shoes and it might be quite embarrassing. Yeah. It might be a sort of exactly. humiliating situation. Um, mm. It's a shame that they let him free and he won't... St- stand trial and he got away with it effectively mm. of this creepy mm. and bizarre act um there you go don't know what to make of it really another bizarre news story of a crime that sounds comical but is not comical and is rather bizarre and weird hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realize that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot forward slash Japan. This week... Sukarnov. On the latest episode of Between the Lines with Melissa Reddy, Melissa speaks to footballer Lee Nicholl, who in 2019 was hacked and had intimate footage leaked online. Lee opens up about the impact it had on her and how she came back from it. The first mental impact, it was sheer shock. It was panic attacks. It was shame. It was guilt. I think I felt every single sense of emotion. It felt a little bit like grief, as if I had lost someone, but I hadn't lost someone. The only person I think I'd lost was myself. Meanwhile, on the latest On the Continent on Football Ramble Presents, Dotton, Andy and Miguel Delaney unpack everything surrounding the Super League and how it has changed football forever. When you watch a Champions League game, when you watch, say, Manchester United in Champions League, Real Madrid in Champions League, it's not just a match. It's that every single minute of the match is imbued with seven decades of history. The Super League, which would, has none of that, it was getting quite sad for that, that we were, we were going to lose this and have to face this monstrosity. All that and a whole lot more at Sukarnov. Uh, we now turn our attention to the fax machine. What have we got this week in the fax machine, Mr. Donaldson? We've got a fax from, well, an email really, from Robin, uh, Robin Sherburn. Sherburn. Sherburn? Yeah. Sherburn. Robin Sherburn. Let's go for that, shall we? Beautiful name. Hello, boys. I hope you're keeping well and I hope Chris has fully recovered from his tumultuous Cessna flight. Uh, he actually wrote fight there, but I'm enjoying it. Um, it was a fight. I have recently uh, finished an MA in English Linguistics, English, 
English leg West You've had too much pasta bake today, Pete. What's happening to you? <laughs> I've, got, I've, hit a, I've hit a food coma like the guy, uh, the guy like last week um, with <laughs> Tessol at the University of Kent in Canterbury. And I'm surprised to learn that Chris is also an alumnus of our wonderful institution. Hey. Now that I've graduated, my mind is focused on how best to use my £60,000 worth of education. My dream, naturally, would to be enro- uh, enroll uh, in a program like JET to start teaching abroad. However, I'm diagnosed with depression and anxiety, and I've heard rumours that some countries and programmes will not consider applicants who have mental health conditions. Is there any validity in this claim? Uh, I know that Japan has uh, been making steps forward in recent years to combat mental health challenges in the workplace, uh, but it still seems to be an uphill battle. Oh, and Pete, the European Super League, undermining a working-class sport or saving footy? (laughs) Robin, we're not going to get into the European Super League on here. Uh, Suffice to say... I didn't think it was going to happen. I knew it wasn't going to happen, and it's not going to happen. So everything's fine. We'll kick it down the can for another six. I months. mean, even I was, I, I have no interest in football, but I was quite interested in the whole European Super League event mm. debacle, disaster. Um, and I, yeah. I, I remember messaging you when it was happening, being like, "Is this the end of football, Pete?" And you were like, "It won't happen," and it didn't happen. So well done. Your prediction <laughs> turned out to be hundred percent accurate. I, I, I think from sort of like I think people who aren't into sport look inside a sport like football and sort of go, why is one European Super League uh, not allowed and then there's another European Super League just as bad that is allowed and it's true like all football all modern football is shit, <laughs> <laughs> it's rubbish. <laughs> oh man, well I'm sure you can yeah. li- listen on the uh, the football ramble, Robin. Onto the uh, did you talk about it yeah. at great length on your football ramble podcast? Yes, we talked about it for a whole week. By the I end, can imagine. I was sick of it. I think the listeners were sick of it. <laughs> it's probably a good time uh, though for the podcast. I imagine listener listening figures went up, right? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, we had a, we had a fairly set. We had a pretty good week, but it may have just to been that the commutes back. London has gone back to normal, really. Sort of going in, mm. and going back and forth to London. Um, the trains are packed out. People oh, are like wow. sitting, you know, next to each other and stuff, which didn't always happen. They need to increase the number of trains back to pre back to pre sort of um, lockdown levels, really, yeah, yeah. to cope. Well, that's some good news there, I guess. But uh, on the subject of <laughs> Robin's question, sixty thousand. Pounds for a degree. God, these days it's getting ridiculous. It was 30,000 yeah. for me eight years ago. It's Oof. gone up and up and up. I, I, I'm not sure if you, if, if being diagnosed with depression, anxiety, that probably will be a problem for applying. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I don't think they'll look at that favorably. I think the main concern is if you have depression, anxiety, coming to a foreign land like Japan can exacerbate the problem. Um, and I, I often say that. You know, when I came here, I was all right. But then I, I always had like mild anxiety, but it did kick off into high gear in my second year here. And it does make it worse. Suddenly being in a place where you can't speak the language, where you're not independent because you have to, you know, you can't just go down the bank and sort your paperwork out. You can't just sort your phone contract unless you're fluent in Japanese already, in which case that's that'll help. But it, it, yeah, I mean, coming to Japan with depression, anxiety, I think it will make it worse. So bear that in mind, Robin, if you can find a way to to kind of get around that that might help first but uh i'm not sure i, d- I don't think it's looked favorably upon though it will potentially be a hurdle um but would it would it tell i mean if you are comfortable mm. and your um, doctor and support network are comfortable that you can make that move mm. um you know it, it's not just about rationalizing it but it's about it maybe may med, med, medication it may be yeah. something else um presumably 
um, if it's if it's not medication based, nothing's on your permanent record. And I'm fairly certain yeah, that you wouldn't be an have issue. to disclose. You wouldn't have to disclose uh, on entry. No, um, you know, anxiety or depression like that. That's that that's between you and your doctor. So as long as you've got a, a doctor and 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 kind of um, support network. So like, I, as long as you've you are in good health. Um, I, I, I think surely you, you can't be denied employment. You can't yeah, de- I mean, be denied entry. Obviously, surely. there's different levels of anxiety and depression. I think if you're on medication, mm. you have to announce that, then that might be a problem uh, coming on the JET right. program. Um, it's something, if any of you guys listening have experienced that and sort of gone through that stage and um, come onto the JET program with that kind of diagnosis, I'll be keen to hear how it turned out and what happened. But uh, yeah, mm. I think if you're taking medication, that could be a problem potentially. If it's not medication based, uh, then I, yeah, I think you can still get on and I don't think that'll be an issue, but uh, yeah. But look after yourself. Look after yourself, Robin, and uh, well done on, on graduating from the best university mm. in the world, the University <laughs> of Kent, because uh, I went there. Uh, <laughs> we've got one from Christiana Atkins from Uruguay. It says, hi, Chris and Pete. Two questions. Have you been to all of Japan's prefectures? That's the first question. And the second one, have you ever heard from one of your younger former students? Uh, Maybe they found your YouTube or saw you on a visit to your Yamagata town. Cheers from Uruguay, Christiana. How many prefectures have you visited now, Pete? You must have actually done a fair few. Out of forty-seven, um, I've certainly, I've certainly rattled through a few. I haven't done the like the inner um, sort of island thing, you know. Or I can't remember what you call that blooming place. To be honest, the inner uh, island, the little, the little, the inner island, the little chunky island in the middle, um, Shikoku. Shikoku. I've not done any of Shikoku, but I think I've uh, visited everything else. I think um, every other prefecture. I think oh, not every other prefecture, but I've done, I've done a lot of them. <laughs> Too many. I think, well, I think <laughs> you're I... I've only got four left on my list. I've visited 43 now. And the only ones that I've yet to go to are Totori, which is home to Japan's biggest sand dune, Kochi in Shikoku, Shimane, which is next to Totori, kind of around the back of Hiroshima, mm. that part of Japan, right. uh, Miyazaki, which I've passed through but not really seen. And you've been there, of course. But mm. I'm, I'm going to Totori next month with Natsuki for a project. So soon it'll be three. Uh, and one thing I want to do this year is go to those last two prefectures, just so I can say I've been to all 47 bragging rights. <laughs> I should get like a sticker or something, a special badge. Yeah, like I've been vaccinated. <laughs> I've gone to all the prefectures. All the 47 prefectures. <laughs> That's pretty crazy, though. Only took nine years. Uh, and as for students, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, get, I remember I got a comment on a video not too long ago saying, hi, Chris, I was one of your students. I hope you remember me. And they didn't write anything about them. That was all I had to go on. I was like, well, <laughs> I had 1,200 students, uh, so no, but uh, thank you. Now, every now and then it does happen. I remember one time, I think when you were over, actually, I went, we went to a hostess bar um, to do karaoke and have people pour us drinks for two hours. And as we were going in, the former school president of the school I used to go, you know, he was the, the school captain, whatever you call it. What's the most, what's the position of the top student? Uh, it uh, would be like um, a print, not a principal. That's nonsense. No. Uh, what do you get when you get like a prefect? Is that a prefect? Yeah, it was like know. the schoolboy, homecoming king. I don't know. But he saw us going in there, and it was really awkward because I remember we opening the door, going in, and he walked past with his friends, and he was like, "Oh, Chris!" I was like, "Oh, hello." It's a bit awkward being caught going into a hostess <laughs> class, even though they're not that shady. It still felt a bit wrong. It was a little bit embarrassing. Yeah, I mean the way you talk about them, you make it sound way worse. Than yeah, actually, no, we're bearing mind as a fast of I've been. It's in a one. bar where <laughs> women pour your drinks and make you sing songs for endless amounts of time. 
And it's very bizarre. That's the only entertainment there is in all of North Japan. Again, castrate us. Castrate men. <laughs> Start with Pete Donaldson <laughs> and end with Pete Donaldson. Yeah. We've got one from Rob. Correct. Over you. Rob Bieberhofer. Hello, Rob. Uh, hello, Mr. Chris and the Pete. My name is Rob, and I'm from Brantford, Ontario, Canada. I listen to your podcast every chance I get, and I cannot get enough. With my April 2020 trip gone to shit, much like the world, I have moved it to April 2022. My question is, with everyone having to uh, having or riding bikes constantly, if I were to bring my rollerblades and use them to get around instead of a bike, would I get weird looks or confusion? I never saw a single person using rollerblade or roller skates, so I'm curious uh, to think, you know, to, curious if there are a thing in Japan. Any help on this would be greatly appreciated. You guys make a solid podcast, <laughs> extremely mm-hmm. entertaining uh, YouTube videos that I find myself going back to constantly. I appreciate all the uh, effort uh, that you and Pete put in, and next time I'm in Japan, drink are on me all the best Rob Bieberhofer Rob Bieberhofer sounds a little bit like um, a delicious Belgian lager so I'm I'm in for a bit of Bieberhofer I thought you were going to say something about Justin Bieber then and tie it into Justin Bieber (laughs) Um, I yeah I've never seen a single person do rollerblades or roller skates in Japan they have skateboards but no in short you'll get stared at and people look at you and it'll be a bit weird so do it though do it by all means but I think people just be confused (laughs) People just be confused, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. I like the. Um, I like. Remember that advert in the nineties for always um, sanitary products, and <laughs> the. Remember? How do you um, remember? This? I think that yeah. Yeah, and, and there, there was a woman, and, and it was kind of like this like image of freedom of women to do whatever they want yeah. because their um, because their tampons were good. Um, and uh, they and it had a woman with a load of Labradors, and she was getting pulled along on rollerblades um, by a load of dogs uh, <laughs> on, on leads. Um, and that was the image of freedom. And that's what I'm sort of thinking about with Rob uh, rattling around. Rattling through Tokyo. I would have gone yeah. to a, a sea of a Labradors. 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 That sounds quite fun, actually. <laughs> that sounds yeah. rather fun indeed. We've got one from yeah. Arnold here uh, from the Netherlands. He says, Dear Chris and Pete, most people right now can't travel due to COVID. However, I'm still travelling every week uh, to Japan because I'm a flight attendant on Royal Dutch Airlines. As you probably know, my work has been hugely impacted by the pandemic. I work on planes that carry over 400 passengers, and now we're lucky if we have 50, sometimes not even reaching wow. double digits. Why are we still doing these flights, you may ask? Well, it's because of the cargo, mostly carrying medical supplies all over the world. Two weeks ago, I was in Osaka in Japan, and a bizarre feeling came over me. Not being able to leave the hotel, uh, in some countries, even my room, I suddenly realised I'm just watching life in Japan pass by through the window. It's almost like being in virtual reality. You're there, but you're not there, Mm. able to fully interact with life outside. Well, this turned out to be pretty depressing and i'm really looking forward to things going back to normal again being able to walk the streets of tokyo or osaka to my favorite cities in the world what's the first thing mm. you'll do when all restrictions are lifted again guys all the best arnold from uh, amsterdam wow that must be really that's, trippy and sad and annoying that's, yeah i mean I, I sort of um whinge about uh, you know my situation mm. and everyone's situation not being allowed to go in because it's just a holiday but yeah um can you imagine being arnold and just sort of like I know, right you know flying in staying in an airport hotel and then flying straight back out again i just oh mate just yeah i mean I'm you're sorry. flying around the world to sit in a hotel room and look out the window at a country mm. you can't touch or get near 
without being in huge yeah. trouble if you do. Um, I can't it, begin it, to it imagine. It sort of pulls into sharp focus, like she pulls into sharp focus how limited your job would be if you weren't allowed to leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. And experience these countries. Absolutely. Incredible. I mean, for me, the first mm. thing I'll do when restrictions are lifted are, I'm looking forward to going back to the UK, of course, but I'm looking forward to showing friends around Japan and having a lot of friends come over. Uh, in 2020, I think three good friends were going to come over and visit. And Pete was coming as mm. well, and <laughs> and <laughs> I, I I one of my favourite things is having friends come to Japan and show them around because I like yeah. hosting people as long as it's not too frequent. It is quite fun, and um, <laughs> whenever Pete comes over, we have a good laugh, and whenever friends come over, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, I just want to show friends over and show friends around mm. Japan. So what do you want to do, Pete? I I want to be shown around. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. When I take my partner out, my partner went to Tokyo about um, for like two days, I think, on the way to Australia. Yeah. Um, and and she didn't really sort of experience. Hang on, why go by Tokyo for really two days? I don't know. I, I maybe it was, maybe I I don't know. I'll Cheap flights, but she, uh, but she, um, but she had a nice time. But I I thought, oh god, like she'd really get a kick out of some of the places in Japan. So I'm looking forward to sort of showing her showing her that. And that's that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. It's fun, isn't it? Showing folks around japan that have never really been here before or haven't mm. really seen the country much because I, I love living vicariously mm. through people's reactions to japan and it kind of helps me appreciate mm. how awesome it is to live here right you know when you take them to like a sushi bar or you go out for yakitori or go to a hostess club you know seeing their reactions and seeing how they react to japan reminds me of my first experiences coming here because i've been here nine years now yeah a lot of that magic has worn off and it's just the place the awesome place that i live and call home but yeah, mm. having people and showing them around, you really appreciate it a lot more. I think, I think, um, I think I was surprised to sort of hear about uh, Dorgan. Obviously, he's he's been there for ten years, eleven years, something like that. Yeah. And he was uh, yeah. on the show two, two uh, well, last week or two weeks ago, maybe. He um, like he, nothing. His sort of enthusiasm for the country has not really been dulled. And and those kind of men that you see on you on YouTube and stuff who've been there for ages and have ingratiated themselves in the mm. culture and the language can sometimes have quite a uh a bit of a debbie downer on on the place i sort of say no oh, you're not as good as you think it is just because you like anime and fucking manga um like he didn't he, he, he's still as, as enthusiastic as yeah, presumably it was 10 years ago so good on him he loves it and to be honest you know people often ask after living here for all these years do i feel like that do i feel done and mm. i when i'm still walking through places at tokyo at night or around tohoku or driving in the countryside i still get this wave of excitement um, even though I've mm. now seen nearly every corner of Japan, <laughs> I still get excited by it, and that's hugely encouraging. I think, Good. and um, I think mm. the fact that my Japanese isn't fluent to Dogen level, I feel like there's still work to be done. You know, there's there's still things mm. to be learned. Um, so mm. by not learning Japanese or becoming fluent, I'm increasing my love of Japan, and my, my <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Uh, Stay dumb, that's, kids. That's what I tell myself <laughs> to get over the fact that I'm not happy yeah. with my Japanese ability. Keep the questions and stories <laughs> and comments coming into Abroad Japan Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back on Thursday to do it all over again. But for now, guys, enjoy the rest of the weekend or the start of your week, and we'll see you on Thursday to do it all over again on the Abroad Japan Podcast. Bye for now. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm. 